Today we're going to talk about restoring one another. What is biblical restoration and why is it important? Have you ever gotten caught and not been able to unhook yourself? You needed somebody else to tenderly unhook you so that they didn't snag and rip you more, but at the same time set you free. That's why the church exists. For people who are caught in a sin, they can't get out of on their own, and they need someone to lovingly unhook them without destroying them. That's what the family of God has been called to do. One day you're gonna need to be restored, and you're gonna need in your bank account restorations that you yourself have been a part of. It's amazing how we sometimes want God to restore us while we rip and shred the lives of others. If you want to see vertical restoration with God for you, he must see horizontal restoration of others through you. Hospitals are very important to our well-being. When something is wrong with us physically and we can't fix it ourselves, hospitals sure matter. Because we look to them to do whatever is necessary to bring us back to physical health and well-being. Hospitals exist because sickness exists. Because things go wrong with our bodies that need repair. And because whatever over-the-counter methods we are aware of are unable to solve it, we go to a place where that is their primary reason for being. The church is supposed to be God's hospital for folks who are spiritually ill. It is God's place where broken people should be able to find help in order to repair whatever has gone wrong in their lives. The job of a hospital is not to make you worse, nor is a hospital's job to just leave you alone while you suffer. A hospital's job is to have doctors and nurses who care enough to make you better. We're not hospices. A hospice simply tries to make you comfortable while you die. A hospital is designed to fix you up. God's spiritual repair center is his family as they do the job of helping hurting people get well. And one of the primary jobs in doing that is the job of spiritual restoration. We want to talk about this vertical and horizontal connection. This vertical and horizontal connection of restoring one another. Galatians chapter 6 brings us to our hearts and our minds as a central reason for why the church exists. Brethren, if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. 
He connects restoring one another with bearing one another's burdens. The reality is that churches are full of people and people are full of pain. Sometimes that pain is caused by them. Sometimes that pain is caused by others. But one thing about pain, whether it's caused by you or somebody else, it hurts. And you want something to help alleviate it. God's hospital is called the church. You wouldn't want to go to a hospital where while you were suffering in the waiting room, doctors were partying in the back room. <laughs> when you're hurting, you want to know that somebody there cares. The word restore means to mend uh, or to unhook something that's stuck. You know what it is to, to get your clothes caught on something and you aren't able to wiggle it out yourself so somebody else has to help you get it out because, because it's caught. It says if you see a brother caught, caught means they can't get out of it themselves. Maybe they've tried, maybe they haven't tried, but one thing is clear, they are not equipped to fix themselves. They are stuck, caught, trapped. It could be an addiction, a stronghold, a problem. But one thing is true, it involves a sin. He calls it a trespass, where there has been a failure on their part or a failure on somebody else's part, but either way, it's got them stuck and they can't get out. Some people are stuck by bad relationships. Others are stuck by uh, addictive behavior. Others are stuck by unforgiveness for past wrongs. And they're not able to get out. They need a doctor. And he says, if you find people who are stuck, who have been tangled up, they ought to be able to come to the church. In this case, the church at Galatia or our church or any church and find some spiritual physicians who are equipped and who are desirous to help mend them. One of the ways you know that you're stuck is when you try to unwrap yourself, you get stucker. <laughs> Let me talk about stucker. My son, uh, Jonathan, when he was uh, at Baylor University, had some dogs. He had some dogs, uh, pit bulls actually, mean dogs. And I don't know why he loved these dogs, but he did. And one day when he came home from college, he brought these dogs with him. Uh, now, he was fortunate that we let him come into the house, <laughs> bringing those dogs. He had about three pit bulls he brought home. I, can't believe what had gotten in his mind. So those dogs were not coming in our house. Okay, so those dogs, that wasn't gonna happen. So we had them tie the leash around the post that was in our backyard. Now pit bulls have big heads. They got these big heads on them. But like a lot of folk, big, big heads, small brains. They got <laughs> big heads. And this particular pit bull did not want to be on this leash. So he was going to do everything he could to get away from the problem being stuck on a leash to a pole. So he tried to break away. The problem was 
The more he tried to break away, the more he wrapped himself around the pole. So the leash was getting shorter. The leash was getting shorter around his neck. He's starting to choke while trying to get away from being stuck on a leash on a pole because his big head didn't hold a big brain. And the harder he pulled, the tighter the leash got. He needed somebody who understood his dilemma to come alongside and unwrap him. A lot of folk are sitting in our sanctuaries on a leash. They've been hooked into a, a sin and a circumstance that although they pulled to try to get away, they've only wrapped themselves tighter and they're being strangled by a circumstance, a sin, a trespass that they can't fix. And they come to God for help. And God has some doctors and nurses, some people who have uh, been there, done that, and who knows what it is to get unhooked from something that's holding you hostage. Churches are full of prisons of war. People who are suffering in a prison that they can't get out of and who want to. He says the way that this restoration happens isn't just because you have a prayer meeting and a Bible study. He says, if you see anyone caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual. Why? Because a trespass, a sin, is always spiritual. Many times we want to help people out of a circumstance without bringing the spiritual into it. But if the spiritual is the cause, the spiritual must be the cure. So he says, if you see a brother caught, you and I are to be the jaws of life to help set them free. And we are to bear the burden of getting free with them. Bear ye one another's burdens. If you've ever seen on television, somebody stuck in a car with the jaws of life, the firemen come. That means they're trapped in a vehicle and they want to get out. They try whatever strength they have left to get out, but they can't get out because they're stuck. And they come with these, 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 these scissors of sorts that can cut through steel, this vice grip that can set them free. Well, a lot of people say, well, I don't go to church because there's so many problems. There's so many problems because there's so many people. And if you join, there's going to be one more. You don't complain that people go to a hospital because there's so many sick people, because that's why they're there. This one another recognizes that we aren't perfect, that we fail, that we sin, that people have sinned against us, and we are carrying, many of us, wounds from our childhood. Things that happened to us that nobody may know about, but all we know is we are living our lives on a leash. And God says in the family of God, there ought to be some folk there who help set you free and not just go, mm, mm, mm. I feel so sorry for you. The question that the prophet asked was, is there a bomb in Gilead? Is there some medicine here for souls that have been damaged by life? Life is unfair. And we are born separated from God and our propensity to do evil is often great. I can't tell you how many people have said, I never thought I would do that, say that, go there, be that. 
but they found themselves in it. They found that one cigarette turned into marijuana that turned into crack and, and now they can't control it. And, and one bad situation became another. He says, you are to be in the restoration business. But he says, you got to be qualified. Spiritual people, you who are spiritual. I don't want somebody cutting on me who have uh, never cut before. I don't want somebody doctoring me who know nothing about medicine. I certainly don't want somebody talking about what well, I think this gonna work if I'm hurting real bad. I want somebody who knows what they're doing. You who are spiritual. Now, what does it mean to be spiritual? Very simply, a spiritual person is a person who consistently operates with God's perspective in mind. They, their starting point for operating is God's perspective. A doctor has a medical perspective that he brings to a physically sick patient. We ought to have God's perspective. If you don't start with God and I'm dealing with a trespass, then you're not giving me the right medication for my problem. Now that may be some other things you may need to do to, to help me along, but don't leave the spiritual out. Don't leave God's perspective out of the discussion and out of the equation. He says, you who are spiritual, which means that you are never satisfied merely with discussing the symptoms. A doctor will ask you, how do you feel? And you will tell him how you feel. I'm hurting here, I'm hurting there, this doesn't feel right. If he or she is a good doctor, they're not gonna stop there. They're gonna get some x-rays. They're gonna do some blood tests. Cause you know what? They don't want to know merely how you feel, they want to know the cause of you feeling this way. Because if you only deal with what you feel, you may be only dealing with the symptoms and not with the cause. You give me two aspirin for a headache, when I have a brain tumor, you haven't helped me very much, no matter how well-meaning you were. The idea of a spiritual person is they analyze the symptoms or struggles in a person's life, starting with God's perspective. Because when you start with God's perspective, you're starting with heaven's view of the matter. And when you start there, you can build from there. He says, you who are spiritual, Restore such a one. And then he says, with a spirit of gentleness. A doctor has a knife and a criminal has a knife. Doctor has a scalpel, a criminal has a knife, and they both designed to cut you. Yeah, they're both designed to cut you. And in both cases, you're going to bleed because you're being cut by both. But I'm sure nobody goes looking for a criminal with a knife. You go look for a doctor with a scalpel because even though both cut you, they cut you with two totally different motivations. One is hurting to heal and hurting to help. Another is hurting to hurt and hurting to destroy, even though you're still getting cut by both. A spiritual person has to have the right spirit. In other words, it ought to be clear, even if it hurts, 
It's designed to help. Sometime a doctor says, this is going to hurt. He will tell you in advance, make you want to slap him. He will tell you this is going to hurt. Okay. But he is only telling you that to prepare you for the process of healing. Here's the question we've got to ask in the one another's. Do people know when I'm trying to correct them that I'm out for their good and I'm not out for their hurt? Is it done with the spirit of gentleness, a spirit that wants to see them corrected? When I was growing up, as many folks, if I did something bad, five blocks from the house and the neighbor saw me, the neighbor saw me. She's not my people. She's not my people. We don't, we, don't, we don't have the same name. But they could grab me, spank me, fuss at me, then take me home and tell on me. My mother would come to the door. Father would come to the door. This is what I saw Tony Evans doing down the street. My mother would thank them. I want to thank you for seeing it. I want to thank you for correcting him. Then they would bring me in and spank me because I'd embarrass the family name. Even though the neighbor was not legally or biologically related to me, there was an extended family mentality. And because there was an extended family mentality, correction could take place. And the reason correction took place is because if it didn't take place, then I could have been worse off later because sin has a way, as many of us know, of making you worse off. It may be enjoyable for the moment, but when it does what it's ultimately designed to do, it is totally destructive. So it is a loving thing to cut out a tumor even though there's going to be some bleeding and some pain in the healing process. He says, you who are spiritual ought to do this with a spirit of gentleness so that when you have to cut a fellow saint, that is correct a fellow believer or help them out of a circumstance that has them trapped, they know as best as you can communicate it, it's coming from a heart that cares. I remember when my son Anthony was having severe asthma attacks and I had to hold him down on the table while the doctor gave him a needle. He thought I was the worst father in the world. How are you going to help the doctor hurt me? How you going to The doctor hurt me already. The doctor asked me to hold him down while he got the stuff ready and you did what the doctor said? Help the doctor hurt your son who you just said you love. It didn't look like love. It didn't feel like love but it felt better after the process was over because we had to go through that process of painful love in order for him to have a healing life. In the church, it's not all uh, fun and games and parties and fellowship halls. There are times when we have to correct one another, judge one another with righteousness. There are times we have to say that was wrong, that, that, that uh, we've got to get out of this, I've got to get you out of this. And sometimes it'll make you squeamish because sometimes it's not appreciated. Sometimes it's not valued. But that's why the definition of love is compassionately and righteously 
seeking the well-being of another. We must seek them based on a standard, and that standard is God. Zipporah was Moses' wife. Here's the African wife of uh, one of the great leaders of, of Israel. And Moses refused to circumcise his son. And the Bible says, and the Lord sought to kill him. Because that was a big deal. And for him to rebelliously tell God, I am not going to bring my son under this covenant. When he was the leader of God's people, angered God so much that God sought to kill him. Now, let me tell you a secret. When God seeks to kill you, I mean, if he really want to kill you, he ain't going to tell you he's going to kill you. You're just going to wake up dead. I mean, you know, that's, if God want to kill you, you're going to die. So when it says God sought to kill him, okay, because all God do, God do is say something, hard stop, it's over. It's like God saying in 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed. Well, why tell me 40? Because I'm giving you a window. All right, okay. It's sort of like when your mama said, try me. You know, try me. You know, there's, there's, there's this window here. I'm giving you this window. God sought to kill him. It says Zipporah, Moses' wife, took a flint and cut off the foreskin of her son. And then it says, and the wrath of God was averted. In other words, because she interposed herself in the sin of Moses, it saved Moses' life. Let me tell you why we've got to be in the restoration business. The same reason the doctors are in the medical business to keep folk from dying. You can be dying spiritually and you can be dying physically because of spiritual. And, and, and if we are not a loving community that corrects people, people are not going to always receive it. Even if you do it with gentleness, they're not going to always like it. But the issue is you don't want to die. That is, you don't want to lose abiding relationship with God. You don't want to lose an experience with God. You want to experience more of God. The Bible says that when we help a sinner from his ways of sin, we save a soul from death. That is, spiritual decay is going to set in and is going to destroy that brother. Now, it says that the goal is to restore him, not hurt him. I remember one time my brother did something. I don't remember what it was, but it fit in the category of a sin. And it was probably a sin against me. He did something I didn't like, and I, my brother ticked me off, and, and, and I knew my father wouldn't like it. So I told on my brother, I told on my brother, I said, Daddy, guess what? We call him Bo, his name was Arthur. Guess what Bo did? I knew it would make my father hot, and my father was hot, and my father called my brother in there, and he spanked my brother for, for what I told on him. Then my father called me in the room. I'm trying to think, what you want, Dad? Why are you calling me? I ain't got nothing to do with this. I just told you what he did. I thought I went. He said, no, 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 no. You come in here too. And he spanked me. So I'm confused. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, inquiring minds want to know, why are you spanking me? I'm spanking you because you could have corrected him. But rather than correct him, you told on him because you wanted to see him hurt. And that's not family. 
family is helping him not to do it or correcting him, but it's not the spirit of wanting to see him hurt because you're mad at him. When we restore one another, it's the help because it's a family issue. It's the church of Jesus Christ helping people to become whole again, to become strong again, to become victorious again. And nothing is more fulfilling than you see a person who was trapped in something they couldn't get out of it, and you surrounded that person with the love of your small group or the love of people in the family of God, and you used loving yet responsible ways in order to bring them out and to see their lives change and to hear them look back and say, thank you. They may not have seen it then, but, but, but when that thing kicks in, that they were delivered from a very terrible place. When the church doors open, folk dress in suits, they have, they're looking beautiful, but they're dragging in some weights because we've drug in weights before. But guess what? God has got some doctors and nurses on duty so that when you connect with them and you find out, they tell you or you discover that there's something going in their lives. We're not talking about preferences now. We're not talking about, well, if it were me. We're talking about something that God calls us in, not just something you don't like. That's why the Bible says accept one another because we're different. We come from different backgrounds, different histories, and everybody doesn't have to be like you. But sin applies to everybody equally. So he's talking about a trespass, a sin, either that you committed or that was caused to you that you are still restricted by. He says you are to bear one another's burdens, you are to restore each other so that you can experience God together. We get to restore people all the time in our church. We get to see people get off of drugs or we get to see people get out of bad relationships or we, we try to see marriages restored so that divorce doesn't take place if we can. We don't always win. But it ought to be clear, even in a hospital, if a patient died, it wasn't because the doctors didn't try. It shouldn't be that. Uh, I was here for five years. People knew I was hurting and nobody tried. I have a steel plate in my leg. That steel plate is from football, my favorite, my favorite game. And I was uh, playing football and I got hit with a crossbody block. My leg didn't come up off the ground and you heard pow! Snap my tiblia and fiblia. And laid down on the ground the ambulance had to come on the field and take me up and take me to the hospital. My leg was broke and I, I couldn't walk. They took me into the hospital room and they performed surgery. They took a, Skype, a scalpel and they slit my leg almost from halfway up my shin down to my foot. They inserted a steel plate. Today, that happened in 1970. Today, I have a steel plate in my right leg from an injury that occurred as a young man. I was hurting. I couldn't heal myself. 
They took me to a hospital and the doctor cut me and I bled. I had to put on a cast for six months. Six months, cast all the way up to my hip. Had to wear it for six months because the break was so stringent. I had to use a crutch to walk. All of that was part of the healing process because I was broken. My leg was broke. I couldn't fix it myself. I had to have some other folk carry me to the doctor. I had to have a doctor perform surgery. I had to walk with crutches. Sister Evans had to help me up and down the steps. All of that, because I got broke. Folk who come to church come broke. Or they get broke while there. And they need some folk to carry them, to walk with them, to help them, to struggle with them. And it's going to be uncomfortable for a while. And that's why it has to be one another, because if it's the same doctor for the same surgery all night long, they're going to get burnt out. But if you can trade off, you can trade off so that nobody is bearing the whole burden. Now, after I had my operation, and after they put on the cast, I had to start walking. You could carry me for a minute, but now I had to take responsibility and walk for myself. You'll never get fully healthy until you walk. So guess what he says? You are to bear one another's burden, but then he concludes by saying, but each man in verse four, must examine his own work. Verse five, for each one will bear his own load. You know what he says there? You bear the burden, but you don't take the load. You don't let per people put on you something that they should be doing themselves. You help them because they can't do it when they first get broke. But once you put on that cast and give them a crutch, you don't let them tell you, pick, pick me up some more. You hold them responsible for taking responsibility. When the church is a restoring agency, then a lot of healing will take place when spiritual doctors go to work. May we be a spiritual congregation, a spiritual leadership that keeps a healthy congregation, but that has an all night emergency service. So when people are hurting real bad, we're still open for business. God bless you.